Art of history, history. Dropping like an apple to the ground. Thank Newton for gravity. Hamilton for the banks. Proud of his legacy. Running around weekly. Starring on Broadway. Washington for his country. The father of his country. Near election day. Running away from 1789 to 2021. Running around, running around. Intro to outro. The art of history. Bam. Happy New Year, everyone. One, it's January 1st, big day. You're probably going to get used to saying 2020 for a bit, but... So if you were in New York City, you would have seen the crystal ball drop. Special thing happened because according to what I heard on the New Year's Eve show, only in... 1942 and 1943, around that time, I'm not sure, the crystal ball actually dropped. So, it's a big thing. Yep, and if you were in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, you would have seen the peeps chick fall into the water by a crane. And there's a lot of other New Year's Day traditions. I mean, New China does really big stuff. Yeah, but that's a Chinese New Year. I'm not sure. Well, well, I'm getting kind of mixed up. Can we just get to it? Yeah, sure. Okay, so last time we met, Hamilton was on the brink of his political career that lasted him for pretty much the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And that is very true. Yeah. You'll, so, Hamilton and his friend James Madison, right now it's ex-friend. Yeah, because he used to be his friend, but actually he's not. Okay, so, he, they really wanted to make sure that America needed a strong, needed a strong bank and a, and a, Powerful central government. We made some amendments. Well, a lot of amendments. About ten of them were delivered around that time in the Bill of Rights. But I'm pretty sure we'll get to that. So, so the, Hamilton and Madison wanted a ruling body for the country that could tax each state in order to... Who are, raise money. So that means it, like all the 50 states. There wasn't 50 at that time. There was 13. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, right. You are right. So right, man. Yeah, because I probably would have mentioned Oregon by now. Yeah. And all the hey. other states that weren't alive then. Yeah, they were like in French and British territories. Some of it was in Spanish. So, Hamilton and Madison laid out their ideas. Just like a, like a pirate would like lay out the treasure map or something like that. Jack, can you please, Jack, will we please get, yes. I'll tell you Take when, it away. I'll tell you when we need to do it. So, sorry about that. You've probably been used to this. So, it's a kind of a normal family. So, let's see. Where were we? So, so they laid out their ideas for a new f- government that would work in a series of essays called the Federalist Papers. They planned to write only 25 essays, but they ended up writing 85 John Jay got sick after writing five. James Madison wrote 29. Hamilton wrote the other 51. So, in six months, a guy who had a lot of troubles from his past wrote 51 essays. Essays are really big. Can you imagine doing that? So, in, four, in the 49 years of his life, no human being could cross out all the words he wrote. Yep, and also, you'd probably get arrested for that because he was a pretty good person. You agree? 
I bet you would. Yeah, you'd probably get arrested. So, so the Federalist Papers called for a government with three branches, a president, executive, a congress, legislative, and a Supreme Court decisional. So as members of the Continental Congress, which wasn't, which wasn't as, which wasn't as calm and w- compromising as you might think it would, because they all look the same. So I think they might think the same. I'm not talking about the a, a big veto stamp. Bam. And I'm not talking about the red X on a hospital. I'm talking about this one. The one where like like an X that Yeah, they get red. They get it. So at the time no one really knew who was writing the Federalist Papers. All they got was the pen name Publius, which was really three people, John Jay, Madison, and Hamilton himself. So can you believe it? Uh, like 18 or 17 year old guy lands in New York City and a few years later, he's in the center of the revolution in Yorktown, then, oh, right, now he's in the political career. Oh my gosh, that guy's a miracle. How did he survive this stuff? How did he survive it? Miracle. You you probably don't know. Yeah. Because you probably don't have this book. Everyone was reading the the Federalist Papers in the newspaper, so imagine how famous that would be. Imagine every day you would get a newspaper Wow, there's an essay the next day. Wow, there's an essay the next day. Wow, there's an essay. The and that would day. go on for a long time is what Jack's trying to say. Yeah. So, I'm his little brother. That's why I said Jack. Plus, so, that's my name. So, the Constitution itself was written by many people working together. Other, including, including James Madison, John Adams, yeah. Thomas Jefferson, and Alexander Hamilton. Yep, and he also H-A-T-E'd Thomas Jefferson. You probably have that word in your family, maybe. So, the, the people who supported the new Constitution became known as Federalists. Let's because they wanted a strong federal, united, and central government. Those who wouldn't want it, didn't want it, were called anti-federalists they were soon called the democratic republicans the real democratic party was founded in around the time andrew jackson was president and the republican party was was formed around the time of abraham lincoln and he was was he was the first republican president yeah but they Which is have- the one who's vote for Trump? If you vote for Trump, we don't like him. Yeah, we'll, we'll cross that out. So, as I was saying, the Republican parties changed a bit, but back to Hamilton. So, when New York voted this. Yes, to the Constitution or ratified it. They have a big celebration. Hooray! We're throwing our hats in the air. Hooray! Yay! Hooray! Yay! 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 Hooray! Yay! Hooray! I have a I have a happy birthday balloon. Yay! So, even though they didn't know Alexander had written many of the Federalist Papers, his defense of the Constitution was so well known that they honored him along with it. Isn't that Oh, the new, new... So the new government became official in July 1788, just a few months after Alexander and Eliza had their four kid genes. This new government wouldn't need a president. Now Alexander knew exactly who it would be. George Washington. 
1789, George Washington won unanimously. You can look up what unanimous means in your dictionary. Yeah. Yeah, well, except for that dictionary, that's little kid words. Yeah. That you got. If you have a brother or sister, you might not have one for them, but who cares? So, John Adams became the vice president. He actually was the second president. Yeah, they get that. And I'm talking about um, not John Quincy. I'm talking about John Adams, not John Quincy Adams. He was the sixth. And and the one that my brother is talking about, Max, is the second president, not the sixth. So, Washington had a choose men to help him run the government. These advisors were known as his cabinet. One of the cabinet positions was for Secretary of the Treasury, which would be in charge of financial matters. Washington's first choice was Robert Morris, the, superint- the former superintendent of finance. Morris turned down the job and suggested Hamilton for the position. He was at the party up. Whoa, 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 let's party up. Let's party up for Hamilton. Okay, so the very first presidential election was held from December 15th, 1788 to January 10th. 1789. And also, back, remember, in the Battle of Monmouth, when I said 1776, it's actually 1778. I said that too fast. When, so... That was in the last episode, the second episode. So, of the three million people living in the United States at the time, wow, that's, that's less than... As far as I know, that's less than New York City's population right now. So, our Can population. You believe it, man? Whoever's whoever's watching it, you might be a lady. So, but yeah. so a seat. So votes were cast only by electors. These were men, not women, because. Back then, they thought men were stronger than women. Yeah, they probably... But is that true? And so, so, but you probably get that if you watched Mulan. Yeah. If, if you've watched that, you probably get it. So, these were men... Appoint- these were white men and usually Christian and they got elected by each state. A state got the same number of electors as they were assigned seats in Congress. Two states, North Carolina and Rhode Island, couldn't really participate because they hadn't agreed to the Constitution. Hmm, not very good idea. I say just ratify it and be done. Yeah. I mean, I mean what? Just ratify it and then just be done. Yeah, well, they probably, well, Rhode Island. Did you pro- hear that? Just be done. Okay, so. Just and, done, done, done. And New York also could vote because they couldn't decide on its electorate. <coughs> I say, just pick the most important men from there, there and just be done. <laughs> Just being more done with cheer for done. So, the person who got the most votes from the state chosen electors became president. Yeah, you get the idea. So, the person who gained the second the next largest number of votes was elected the vice president. They soon changed that. Yeah. It's so Washington was surprised. Even though he loved Alexander like a son, he had no idea. Alexander had no idea about finances, banking, or economics. Not a good place to be. 
But hey, I like Hamilton, so I think he could manage. And he did! So, when he offered him the job, he, there was, it, so, so, Alexander happily accepted the Secretary of the Treasury Hooray! job. And he quit his law practice so he can focus entirely in his Treasury Secretary role in the new government. So, Hamilton thought it was that if he was going to work for the government, he shouldn't have... He shouldn't have any other job because that might prevent him from being fair to everyone. For instance, people who he had defended as a lawyer might expect him to support laws that help them more than others. He didn't want any of his clients or old associates asking for favors. George Washington was sworn in as president on April 30th. 1789. The new government of the United States of America was now official. At 34 years old, Hamilton was its first Treasury Secretary. He was eager to serve his country. But do you know who got to be the Secretary of State? Dang. Jefferson. Dang. So Let's take a spin. Third president. So let's take a spin back to that time and listen to a Jefferson Hamilton conversation. You stink. No, you stink. No, you stink. No, you stink. No, you stink. You're a poopy head. Fine. You stink. (laughs) Okay, let's pause it. You're you're just a bigger stinky head. Okay, so let's get back to our old. Time before something bad happens. Oh no, something bad happened. Oh dang it. It's not the Great Depression, you dummy head. Okay, so, Treasury Secretary, so. Alexander Hamilton. So, Hamilton, so the United States government was set up just the way it is today. The first Congress had made, had already been in session. Since March, it was made up of a state and how and a how I mean a Senate and House of Representatives. It was that made laws. The Senate had two representatives for each of the thirteen states. The House of Representatives, I mean the Senate had two representatives for each of the thirteen states. The House of Representatives have different numbers of congressmen each state. Based on how many people live there, for Supreme Court, men on February 2nd, 1790, it was the courts that would decide whether a law followed the rules that had been established by the Constitution. So, anyway, Hamilton was the first tre- Secretary of the Treasury. The tre- Treasury is a place where money is kept. But it can also mean the money itself. He advised President Washington on all kinds of money matters and financial decisions. Jefferson was Secretary of State, as I said. He advised the President on U.S. relations with foreign countries. Let's listen in on another conversation. And another Mr. H. Enlightenment lecture me about the war. You didn't fight. You know what happened to a man who almost died in the trench? Well, you will all get how the French. Thomas Jefferson always hesitant with the president. So, let's hear, hear Jefferson's report on that. Thomas Jefferson, uh, oh my gosh, like, now I cannot remember it. Okay, so, the Hamilton, okay, so, Jefferson rating, zero, zero, one and a half. Hamilton rating two two ten 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 Okay, I'm just gonna say one hundred thirty-four. So let's see. Gee, that's one hundred thirty-four. I should add that. So both people in the United States and around the world quickly became 
see that Alexander Hamilton was one of the most important people in the country. Not fair that he can't just be a little more well do- known. So, sorry. We're back to the podcast. And and what and two and one two three start. Okay, so. But, and he remembered Hamilton as a war hero from Yorktown. But he was now famous as Washington's most trusted advisor. Er, er, and one of the creators of the government. Wow, that's a lot of glory for the forgotten founding father. Yeah, he, he that's actually true. Recently, he was basically remembered as the forgotten founding father. Yeah. Until Lin-Manuel Miranda released Hamilton. Yeah. That's a big hit. And now there's a lot of love for him mm-hmm. that he deserves. That is good. And yeah. he was now, and uh, Hamilton had a lot of ideas about the U.S. Treasury. For example, he thought the federal government should have to pay, should pay up all the money that the individual states had borrowed for the Revolutionary War and during it. In order to do this, there would be a need to be a federal bank, a government-run bank that would collect taxes. Some states, especially in the South, had already paid off their debts by 1789. But they didn't think of it as, fa- they didn't think it was fair that other people should have to do the same. Other states, especially in the North, thought Alexander's idea was good because most of the fighting had been done there. Therefore, the, their governments had spent more money to fund the army. Why shouldn't the whole country help pay it off when it was everyone's war? Hamilton hoped to use the taxes to pay off these debts, especially wanted to tax imports arriving from other countries. This too worried some people in the South. Although their economy was based on selling and exporting cotton to other countries, they were afraid these new taxes would cause other countries to tax American cotton in return. So, There's Hamilton, a lot more cool stuff to see. Hamilton thought that if America had a bank that was strong enough to loan and borrow money, it would show that the USA. USA! Oh yeah, that's where basically you live. Yeah, but we might have listeners in Tokyo right now. Yeah, maybe in California. We already have listeners in California. Oh yeah. So let's get back to it. So maybe even dun, dun 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 Texas. Um, maybe Mexico, or maybe even Scandinavia. Wow, that would be. Or maybe even Washington D.C. Um, probably. Oh, what if the president's listening to it? Oh, that would probably get a bit. So let's see. So. Oh. Wow, Hamilton. I love history. I'm the president, Joe Biden. You're not president yet. Oh, we yeah. Still, we've still got like 19 days. Oh, my God. What the heck? 19 days until we set off fireworks. Yeah, by At least I plan to. It's just my oh, dad. Oh, yeah. You, you are totally right. It is January 1st. Okay, so, so, February 1790, Hamilton made a speech to Congress explaining his financial plans. A few days later, he was surprised and hurt when his friend James Madison made a speech that criticized it. Alexander felt very betrayed, and there goes Washington on your side. It must be nice, it It must be nice, to have Washington on your side. He was on the American side. So can we get that? So, all around the country, we were starting to, or start to fall into two groups when they thought, how America should be run? The Federalists believed in Alexander's ideas. They also thought the United States should have a strong relationship with England. 
because England's government was, that's like the one they had built, so. That sounds reasonable. Well, because we're pretty good allies now. And the Democratic Republicans, who had by then changed their mind about Alexander's ideas, they believed in strong state governments and economy based on farming, and they wanted a close relationship with France because, because that means more crepes. You might not know what crepes is. You might not know what crepes are, but if you live in France, you Definitely. Will. Yep, you will. It's basically the only food. Well, there's also baguettes, yummy tarts. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're gonna have our guests fainting with hunger right now. Yeah. Mmm, baguettes, breadsticks, ice cream, donuts. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, okay, ignore my French sick Francophile brother. Well, I'm kind of a Francophile too. Well, guess what? You're a stinking poopy head dummy. Right, can we just get to it? Oh, yes, take it away. A one, a two, a one, two, three, go. Okay, so the Democratic Republicans didn't really like how close Hamilton was to George Washington. The president seemed to listen to his advice on everything. Economics, what should we do, Alexander? Um, state, um, stuff of other countries, what should we do, Alexander? Jefferson, hey, that's my job. Yeah, that's my job. That's my job. I'm his little brother. I'm not sure. I know how to talk really well. Um, so, a few months in 1790, Washington got very sick. And Alexander Ethan seemed to take over for him. This is the ad in the training for the boy in the Caribbean. Or Caribbean. I usually say Caribbean, but at that point I said Caribbean. So the newspapers were filled with articles and letters written by people on both the Federalists and Anti-Federalist sides. Sometimes they even personally attacked the men of the government. What? what? That is illegal. The oh my god. Oh my god. And one show. article accused Alexander of using his role in the government to make money for himself. Hey, with Eliza, he's got pretty much money because she's a pretty rich lady. Yeah. I'm a rich lady. I'm a rich lady. Yeah, so that's basically what it was. No offense, Eliza. Yeah, no offense. You couldn't even vote at that time, you weirdo. So, and this is especially hard for Alexander because he thought it was so important for to for him to be honest with America's money. He had to eat and quit his law practice, to be fair, which made it harder for him to support his growing family. And in 1792, Eliza and Alexander had a fifth kid. Can you believe that? John Church Hamilton. So that same year, Washington was elected for a second term as president. By this time, Alexander had moved his family from Wall Street to Market Street in Philadelphia. Ooh, that's where probably you live. Well, we used to live that there yeah but when my baby brother was born we moved out here and we got a new house plus we got a new car the same day so from 1789-1790 New York City was the capital of the United States although Washington DC had not been declared the capital in 1790 the city was not built that then I I mean, it had been declared the capital, but the city wasn't built yet. Because remember, they said there was only 13 states back then. And and now we have 50 states right now, but there was 13 back then. Okay, Way so... Way back then, I'm talking about. So, 
the new capital city would not be ready until 1800. So, until that time, the federal government would be based in Philadelphia. In 1793, there was an outbreak of yellow fever in Philadelphia. Oh no, yellow fever is actually a really bad virus. I don't know if it's a virus. It might be a disease. Yeah, but it's eradicated. But no, Jack, that's smallpox. I think there's still yellow fever. It's just oh. we have a vaccine. I think. Yeah, I think. We have a vaccine. A vaccine helps you get better from okay, sickness. So. so this is probably going to make you guys faint with fright, but over 4,000 people died. That's a, well, it isn't, a, it probably isn't as bad as the 2019, you, 2020, you up. and now 2021 coronavirus. But now they made a vaccine just like yellow fever and uh, they went so both alexander and eliza got sick they went to stay at a summer house they owned outside the city i want to stay in a summer house the kids were sent to to the schuyler home farther north in albany the current capital of new york city so they wouldn't get sick Alexander's childhood friend, Edward Stevens, was now a doctor. He rushed to their home to treat the Hamiltons. Since he had grown up in St. Croix, where yellow fever was common, and Edward had different ideas about how to treat the disease. While some doctors were draining their patients' blood, Edward's methods encouraged them to rest and get stronger. So, before we do it, before we go on, Let's talk about yellow fever. So yellow fever is a fast-spreading and far-reaching contagious disease. It is carried by mosquitoes and originally spread from Africa throughout the root of the slave trade. Yellow fever makes a person's muscles ache in, the, in their skin and the so their eyes turn a sickly yellow color. Yuck! I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> the color is brought on by damage to the patient's liver, stagnant water, especially bad sewage systems that attract mosquitoes, spread the disease quickly. The largest yellow fever outbreaks in the United States occurred in 1793 and during the 1850s. So Edward had different ideas. He has about how to treat. The ease. So, uh, Alexander and Eliza both recovered. So, Alexander was so grateful to his friend Edward, he wrote a letter to the newspaper about how everyone should use Dr. Stevens's treatments. But this turned into a political fight. Wow. Does everything Hamilton say have to turn into a political fight? It's outrageous. So, Democratic Republicans claimed Alexander hadn't even been sick. They said he was speaking all along. And, and that letter was written to promote Dr. Stevens's business. Not fair. And he probably was sick. But Democratic Republicans could have been right. Nah. Nah. Probably they were not right. Yeah. They probably weren't right. So, all this political fighting was very tiring. It was not surprising when both Alexander and Thomas Jefferson decided to leave their government jobs. Alexander left his position as Secretary of the Treasury in January 1795. Although he was only 40, he planned to retire from the government to be with his family and work as a lawyer. But Alexander could never stay on the sidelines for long. Jeez, people. Why can't this guy just stay on the sidelines for about 20 years? Oh, jeez, oh, jeez. Oh, Jeez, cheese. 
Oh no. Yeah, but oh right, he hasn't got twenty years of his life left. Yeah. Now he's de- he, he is down to nine. Mm-hmm. So now that Hamilton had left his government job, Alexander moved his family to a new house called the Greens, named after his father's castle in Scotland. You can, if you want to learn more about that castle, you can read Ron Chernow's book on Alexander Hamilton and find the chapter of the castaways and it talks about them in the background of Alexander Hamilton's parents. And, or you could go back to the first episode, not the intro, the one after the intro. And the house, so the Greens was in Harlem, farther north of Manhattan. And so in 1795, the neighborhood of Harlem was practically the whole, considered the country. Alexander named the house of the Greens after his family's castle in Scotland. Yeah, but you already heard that. Alexander had not seen his father since he was 11 years old, but Alexander had sent money to him. So that's pretty nice for somebody who abandoned him. Yeah, that's actually really, really nice! Yeah, it's pretty It's nice. really, 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 nice. Okay, so, oh, after leaving office, Alexander took a three-week trip around Cayuga Lake in New York State to meet the native people there. Alexander had often tried to use his influence in the government to protect the rights of Native Americans. He helped manage a school that taught both English and Native American languages. When he returned to the city, he immediately became began his law practice once again. That same year, Alexander received an unexpected letter. It was from the Hamiltons of Scotland, his father's family. They like the rest of the world had been watching the formation of this new country and knew that their famous relative had played a role in it. After years of ignoring Alexander because his father was not married to his mother, or, or Alexander's noble Scottish relatives wanted to meet him. Because his um, mother died, sadly. Yeah, you can go back to the episode of that. Of the first oh, one. Again, the first one. Uh, on Hamilton for more information on that. So, of course, Hamilton was he was happy to invite them over to New York. The, oh, in the spring of 1796, after seven years of being president, George Washington start, decided to, to stop being president. He asked Alexander to write his farewell address. The speech was published on September 19th, 1796, and it was immediately reprinted in all the newspapers. It is the most famous letter the to the nation Washington ever published, but for years no one knew it was written by Alexander Hamilton. Go in George Washington's going oh, history has its eyes on Washington's going Yeah. Okay, can you please skip it? Say goodbye. How to say goodbye. Say goodbye one last time. Yeah, you get the idea. So you might have Hamil- got it in so Washington. Was America's first president and a pretty popular one. Many people couldn't imagine how the country would would be run with anyone else doing the job. Wow. So Washington's farewell address was very important. And then he said that if he had been a good president, president, it was because he had the support of the American people. The Americans were the real strength of their country, and they needed to stick together in order to make it work. The nation did not need him to succeed. They needed one another. 
so, John Adams was sworn in as the second president of the United States on March 4th, 1797. But Alexander was no longer a part of the president's cabinet. Okay, so all of the George Washington leaving president is kind of emotional. Aw, that's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably how Hamilton was. He probably was crying. Not, well, I did have tears in his eyes. He is yeah. such a good president. And he might have tears. Because remember how, like, he said, like, in the second episode, that slavery um, guy named John Lawrence, he died in the Battle of Yorktown. No, in the Battle of the Combahee River. Yeah. Or in, or. The war was already cool. over, but the South kept fighting, and he was shot and killed. When he was only 20-something. He was only 27 when he died. And that's really, really sad. That's yeah, it's getting emotional. Can we stop with the people dying? Yes. And you already got you already got two more people dying in this episode. Oh yeah. Right. So no, can we stop with the dying? So yes, we can stop with the dying. So Alexander was happy just to be spending time with his family. Eliza's sister Angelica, who had been living in England for, with her husband for years, returned to America, and Alexander and Eliza were very happy to see her again. In August 1797, Alexander and Eliza had another son, William Stephen. The Hamiltons had six kids, the oldest now 15. They were close to both Eliza's family and to Alexander's relatives. They, they enjoyed a welcoming family and anyone else who needed a place to stay into their home. For a man who once had no one, Alexander was now surrounded by people who loved him. So in 1798, New York City was hit with a yellow fever epidemic. Okay, more yellow fever. That thing's really contagious. Yep, yep, it really, so Alexander's really family is. Were, so Alexander's family was spared this time, but people all over New York were still frightened. Nearly 45 people were dying each day in the city. People did not yet understand that yellow fever was spread by mosquitoes. But they did know that standing water and unsanitary conditions made the epidemic worse. Many people drank dirty or polluted water because they had no access to clean water. Yuck! That's disgusting! <laughs> dirty water is already pretty bad. Bad the polluted water. Excuse me for a second. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. And in 1799, Aaron Burr, remember that guy who you're not going to be like by the end of this episode? Yeah, you're really not going to like him. He proposed to do something about this. At that time, Burr was employed in the government of New York State. He wanted to start the Manhattan Company. This new business would lay pipes to bring clean water to the people living in the lower end, the southern tip of New York City. Alexander thought this was a great idea and supported Burr's plan. But the truth was Aaron Burr had other plans besides bringing clean water to everyone. The... The real purpose of the Manhattan Company was to raise money by telling people it was for clean water, but then only use part of that money for the job. For it's another burr scheme. Yes, it's a burr A bream or something oh. like that. Yeah, something like a A skrr? I don't know. Yeah. We don't really know that because that's true. Jack I'm singing a little song so you can too. So, oh, and uh, oh, the rest would be available to the organizers of the plan, men like Burr. A single clause or, or clause, I can't, I don't know, 
of the company's charter, the document that set rules for what the company could do, allowed the Manhattan Company to use any money it wasn't used for in for water for other kinds of banking business. Why does Burr have to be so frustrating? He's a really weird man. I'll yeah, tell you that. He, he's really weird. Again, you probably won't like him at the end of this episode. So, so, oh, at, in New York City at the time, there were only two banks. One was the state bank that belonged to the government. The other was the Bank of New York, which Hamilton had helped start. Burr wanted to become an important man in New York. Sorry, you're, are you old? The only thing you'll be important for is vice president, and treason, and murder. So, how he chose to create his own bank that would lend him money whenever he asked for it. It could also make him a lot of money. The Manhattan Company raised $2 million for its water system, but only owes $100,000 to actually provide water. So, that may seem like a lot of money, especially in those days, but out of $2 million, that's nothing. So, it's... so That's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. compared to $2 million. So, people c- continued to get sick. Alexander was furious. Why, you little puppy head! Yeah, that was Alexander. <laughs> From that moment on, he knew Aaron Burr was a dishonest man. So he was not happy when Thomas Jefferson, or maybe that guy who he had the you stink conversation. Let's do part of it. You stink. Now you stink. Yeah, well, we can go back to the, that right now. So what? So he was not happy when Tom Austin was elected president in 1801 with none other than Burr as his vice president. So, Alexander and Lysa now had seven kids. Their daughter, Elizabeth Holly, also known as Eliza, who had been, had been born in 1799. But a sad thing happened to in 1799, too. Al- Washington, who had treated Alexander like a son died of, of a cold in December. So by 1801, their oldest son... When it's cold... It's flu season. Can we just say it's flu season? Yeah, it's flu season. Because a lot of times you get a cold in the winter. By 1801, their oldest son, Philip was a handsome, charming young man of 19 who was very loyal to his father. I say he turned it up a few notches too tall, and you're going to get it. So when a man named George Eaker or, or gave a speech that insulted Alexander, Phil confronted him about it. Eaker called Philip a scoundrel and a rascal, this was a. These were very serious words in 1801. So, like, you know how you, if you're a mom right now, you might call your kids a rascal. You wouldn't back then. That would have been an adult swear word. This was a. So, Philip demanded an apology. Eager refused. So, Philip demanded an apology. He felt wasted no time and challenged Eager to a duel. Let's talk about dueling. So, in the late 18th and early 19th century, dueling was a very popular way for gentlemen to sell their differences. If two men and disagreed with each other, they would have friends, known as seconds, and try to work out a truce between them by passing messages, messages back and forth. Usually this worked, but if it did not, the two men would stand a certain distance apart and fire a single gunshot at each other. If they were lucky, both walked away uninjured. But often, they were not. Dueling was dangerous and often illegal, but wealthy men still met in secret and hold duels. Any man who refused to duel would be labeled a coward. So, when Philip talked to his father about the duel, Alexander suggested that he should throw away his shot. That meant that 
Philip should not shoot directly at Eeker. When Eeker realized this, he would all then fire his pistol in the air instead of at Philip. What kind of man, Alexander thought, would shoot at someone who wasn't shooting at them? Well, in war, it's kind of different. Philip followed his father's advice. Unfortunately, Eeker did not. Philip was shot and carried to the house of one of his aunts. Alexander and Eliza rushed to his side. Eliza was very pregnant and with their eighth kid. Philip died the day after the duel at the age of 19. Six months later, in June 1802, Eliza gave birth to their final kid, a son. They named him Philip after the older brother he would never know. Alexander loved his new son, whom he called Little Phil. But he knew their family would never be the same. From then on, Alexander was a sadder, more troubled man. So the entire, the entire Hamilton family was heartbroken after Philip's death. For months, Alexander couldn't think about anything else. But slowly, he went back to work as a lawyer. Aaron Burr was still vice president. He did not think he would be reelected, so instead. He ran for governor of New York in 1804. Of course, Alexander still considered Burr to be a dishonest man. He supported Burr's opponent in the election, Morgan Lewis. When Aaron Burr lost the race for government, he put some of the blame on Alexander. Well, I guess that's kind of fair. In March 1804, Alexander went to dinner at the house of a friend, John Taylor. Over dinner... Men talked about many things, including Aaron Burr. Afterward, another of the dinner guests, Dr. Charles Cooper, wrote a letter to his brother telling him all about his dinner with the great Alexander Hamilton. In the letter, he mentioned Alexander had called Aaron Burr untrustworthy. Somehow, this letter got into the hands of a newspaper publisher who immediately printed it in his paper for the whole city to read. Many people said they didn't believe Alexander would say such a thing, but Dr. Cooper said it was all true. In fact, he knew an even more despicable thing that Alexander had said. He was hinting that that Alexander had said even worse things about Aaron Burr that night. Aaron Burr demanded an apology. Alexander refused. Their two friends, Nathaniel Pendleton and William P. Van Ness, tried to work out peace between the two men, but they couldn't. Alexander and Bird decided to fight a duel. Alexander did not tell his family about the duel. Not a, not really what you should do. He quietly finished up all the law cases he was working on so his business would be settled and his clients would not need him for anything. He took hold of a... Few close friends that he planned not to shoot at Aaron Burr. Since his son Philip's death, he just couldn't bring himself to shoot another man. He wrote goodbye letters to his family in case he didn't survive the duel. On July 11, 1804, Alexander and his second Nathaniel Pendleton rode across the river to Weehawken, New Jersey. This is the same spot his son had died three years earlier. The duel was set for 7 o'clock in the morning. Well, that would take a long time for us to wake up because we usually wake up at like 7.30. Mm -hmm. The only other people there were that the, the only per other person besides the two men in their seconds was Dr. David Hosack. Alexander chose to stand on the north side of the clearing facing the sun each man had a flintlock pistol the same philip had had used in his duel that had been borrowed from alexander's brother-in-law john church the two men raised their guns and fired alexander er, aimed at the sky but burr was already shooting he burr couldn't put the trigger act the bullet was already firing shot Alexander above the hip. He fell to the ground. 
Nathaniel Pendleton and Dr. Hosack carried Alexander to the boat and rushed him back across the river to the city. William P. Van Ness hurried Burr, Aaron Burr away from the scene so that he wouldn't be arrested. Why, why that son of a dime wanted to deserve to be arrested? Alexander was taken to the house of a friend, William Byard. Soon his entire family was gathered around him. By the next afternoon, on July 12th, 1804, Alexander had died from his injury by the afternoon. All the businesses in New York City closed for his funeral. New Yorkers wore black armbands in his memory. The New York Supreme Court draped its bents in black fabric for the rest of its term. Alexander's funeral was the grandest the city had ever seen. Many in the crowd were angry. They thought Aaron Burr should have been punished. Eliza did not attend her husband's funeral. She was too sad to leave the house. Alexander had left her a letter saying that he loved her and their family, and they adieu, best of wives, and best of women. Embrace all my darling children for me. Eliza would devote the rest of her, her 50 years of life to protecting her husband's memory until she died in, in 1854 or at the age of 97. Aaron Burr never went to jail and never said he was sorry. He often referred to Alexander as my as my friend Hamilton, whom I shot. People were shocked at how little he seemed to care about what he had done. Some were so angry they threatened to burn down Burr's house. His reputation and never recovered. One newspaper editor in Charleston, South Carolina, said Burr. Burr's heart was stuffed with cinders. Burr became worried that he would be arrested for murder, so he fled to New York and moved to Philadelphia. The enormous influence of Alexander Hamilton is still felt today. He continued to rely on the national banking system that he established. And the Bank of New York, which he founded, is the oldest bank in the United States. Because of his role, as the first secretary of the treasury, his portrait is on the $10 bill. The Federalist Papers, Alexander's brilliant framework on how the U.S. government should be run is still quoted by Supreme Court justices. In 2015, a new musical called Hamilton and debuted in New York City. The show was based on a biography of Alexander Hamilton that was written by Ron Turner that I got for Christmas. So Alexander Hamilton was not born in the United States, but he made the country his home. In some ways, he shaped, he shaped our system of government in our country more than any of the other founding fathers. He arrived in the American colonies with nothing and became one of the most important men in American history. Every single living thing in America is always in Hamilton's debt. So, Hamilton the Musical was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who, who also starred in the show as Alexander Hamilton. He was born in New York City, New York City to a Puerto Rican family. Lin-Manuel thought Alexander Hamilton had a lot in common with modern immigrants to America. So, he wrote about Alexander Hamilton's life, features all kinds of music, including hip-hop and rap. He cast the musical almost entirely with non-white actors. By doing this, he claimed the founding fathers in American history for all Americans. Hamilton won a Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album and the Pulitzer Prize for Drama in 2016. The show won 11 Tony Awards, but it had been nominated for 16, more than any other Broadway show in history. So let's do another er, round of the theme song. Um, where's the script? Here it is. Here's the script. Art of history, history, dropping like an apple to the ground. Thank Newton for gravity, Hamilton, weather banks. Proud of his legacy, running around weekly, starring on Broadway. 
Washington Evans country, the father of his country, near election day, running away from 1780 to 2021. Running around, running around, intro, the outro, the all of history, bam. Okay, so, well, Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with an episode with an episode on Bass Reeves. He was a really, really cool guy. Don't spoil it.